Shalom and welcome to our online service once again. For this, the month of November, we are starting on a new series for our Sunday online services, and it's just entitled The Gathering. And that's what I would like to share on this morning. The Gathering, Ecclesia. My text is taken from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus declared, I will build my church. When we talk about church, all kinds of imaginations come to our mind. We may think that it is a building. We may think that it is something located in a geographical location. And now, in our age and time, we have even such a thing as the virtual church, whereby we think that we can join church services virtually, hearing the word, worship, and doing all the religious things. But is that what the Bible tells us? What is the church? And why do we do church or do we have church? First and foremost, you will notice that the, the word, the gathering, is, very, is a very powerful word. That's why it's deliberately chosen for this series. But actually, the gathering is the biblical church. The gathering is actually the church irreplaceable. It is God's people gathering together. The church is the gathering. That is the very essence of the church, actually. We gather because the church is an assembly. It's the gathering of people. And we can go back to the Old Testament itself. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 10, when Moses brought the people of God down at the foot of Mount Sinai, that day is known as the day of assembly. And in Judges chapter 20, verse 2, God calls the people to assemble before the covenant Lord. And in Joel chapter 2, verse 16, the prophet issued a command, gather the people and consecrate the, consecrate the congregation. Now in all these verses, the Greek translation of the Old Testament for the word assemble or assembly comes from the Greek word ecclesia. It is the same word that is used in the New Testament when it refers to the local church, the gathering. And so it has its roots right in the Old Testament when God tells the people, gather together unto me. 
And so when Jesus said, I will build my church, the ecclesia, actually it has a Old Testament roots to read. It is God's call out people in their gathered state. That's what the gathering is. That's what the church is. And Jesus speaks this word. Instead of any other words like fellowship or synagogue or something else. But Jesus specifically chose this word, Ecclesia, to identify this group of people, the new assembly, a new Ecclesia. And this word is not a religious term, actually. It is used for civic purposes when people just gather together in the city square or for military purposes when they gather together to go to warfare. And yet, it is so powerful. It is what Jesus has chosen to identify his church. Now, the, the genesis of a church in Scripture seems to be from the statement of our Lord Jesus Christ, where he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am with them. A gathering of believers, whether two or two hundred or two thousand, where the believers gather together, Jesus is present in the church. Now, besides that, we have a lot of Old Testament, uh, sorry, New Testament references as well. Paul uses it very frequently when you come together as a church, when the whole church gathers together. And so the gathering is actually the church. The church exists in the coming together, in the congregating of the believers. The coming together is what it is. It's what it means to be a church. It is not isolated individuals doing and carrying out their religious acts, but rather it is believers gathering together and that's when they function as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this church, of course, gathers together as well. In Psalms 50 verse 5, Gather my saints together unto me. And in Genesis 49 verse 10, Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And so we gather unto him. There are many gatherings who are made in the name of a famous person, famous politician, actor, actresses, or whatever. But the great gathering of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is unto him. It is towards him. And brothers and sisters, 
It is not just the church that is present, that is known as the gathering. But there is going to be an end time gathering as well. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, touching the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. There is going to be a great gathering together unto him. One day, and it is approaching nearer and nearer every day. So the church is a gathering. And we also gather together. Churches gathering together makes a very powerful statement. Everyone knows this, even non-Christians. Just ask. For, for example, the Chinese Communist Party in China. Or in some of the countries in the restricted areas where Christians have been persecuted and the gathering of the believers are forbidden. And in China and in some of these other countries, the government or the authorities have made it a habit for the last many years to break the gathering of the believers. To break the church gatherings, dispersing the members. Those who oppose Christianity make it a practice by targeting church gatherings. Why is the church gathering such a threat to the powers that be? There is something that is happening here. I treasure the family gatherings of the church. In the churches that I have been involved in, I do not see the church as just an organization, a corporate body, but it is a family gathering. We know People love gatherings together. For example, during Chinese New Year, all oh, the family gathering is a very, very important thing. It is also perhaps not, uh, considered as a national institution. We put aside everything. It is the season when family meets together after a long time. And the church is a family gathering. Of course, during this lockdown, we have missed that kind of a gathering. For many months now, seven, eight months for this year and a longer period last year, we have missed that kind of a gathering together. If you ask anybody, what do you miss most during this lockdown and uh, MCO and COVID-19? I think one of the things that they miss most is 
the gathering together with their loved ones. Some have been separated because of restriction in traveling. And for the church family, I, I suppose this is one of the things that we miss, the gathering together. And now, that's the long one is under phase four, it's reopening. Oh, we grab it, you know, when we, whenever possible to just gather together for dining or whatnot. The family gathering, that's what the church is. And we are looking forward even to the reopening of the church when we can gather together once again. Now, this gathering is very important because it is a statement to the world. What makes the assembly, what makes this gathering so very important? We gather because we make the church visible. It is just like the big extended family that gathers for a photograph at the end of their annual reunion. And then after that, they take the picture and they see themselves and they, and they remember the bond that they shared. And so in the assembly, in the church, we become conscious and confesses ourselves that we are a distinct entity, a community, a people gathered by God, by the grace of God, and depending and honoring Him in all things. And when we gather together in this manner also, it is a declaration, it is a statement, it makes the church visible to the world. Can you just imagine all kinds of people gathered in the church from different kinds of background and yet there is such a, such a unity, there is such a love, there is such a fellowship. And when the church looks at, the, at it, it boggles their mind. How is this possible? It is a very, very unique group of people. It is a statement that we made. And it is to make the church visible to the world. And so the church is the gathering. The gathering is the church. It is the assembly of God's people. And so that's why I think of all the church names, some people may have wondered, how come? Where did we get the term, the Assemblies of God? We are part of the Assembly of God movement. Here is where we get the term. The Assembly. It is powerful. It is the church. It is the gathering. And it is made possible by God Himself. Praise the Lord for that. When the church gathers together, there is power. There is power. Unstoppable power. What happens when God's people gather together? We experience 
the presence, the power, and the provision of Almighty God. Wherein lies the power of the gathered church? The gathering here is a gathering to worship God. There's something about worshiping God together as a church. There's something about corporate worship which is not present in individual or household worship. When the church gathers to worship the Lord, that something is a fuller expression of the reality of God's presence in our midst. Now we were created to worship God. And that's why our heart yearns to worship. And if there is no expression of that, there is an emptiness within us. But worship is a communal. It's communal in nature. Worship is never intended to be a solitary event in our life at all. Oh, you know, I just put on an earphone and just plug on a song that is easily available on Spotify or any other uh, uh, music apps. That is helpful, yes. That is good, yes. But worship is actually communal in nature. From beginning to end, worship cannot be solitary. You look at the Bible, angels, when they worship God, they worship God as a group. And the nation of Israel, when they gather together to worship God, they worship God as a community. The central place, of course, is the tabernacle or the temple. And every scene of worship that's depicted for us in heaven, in the book of Revelation, shows that it is a community. It is from every race, every tribe, every nation that worship the Lord. So it testifies to the importance of corporate worship. When we gather together in this manner, something happens. When you worship God as a group. Oh, I have experienced it so many times, especially in the missions field. Sometimes you have to travel for hours on bumpy roads or even terrain. And by the time you reach the destination, sometimes you have to just go up there to preach and the people are ready and you are so tired. But so many times as a church, 
the corporate church begins to worship the Lord. The presence of God just comes upon the congregation. Tired bodies are lifted up. Tired spirits are lifted up and revived. And how many times have I experienced the reality of God's presence and power when we worship the Lord? When we worship God, something happens. Healing can take place. The word of the Lord can come to you right into your heart. Miracles can happen. We gather to worship. Secondly, we, the gathering is a gathering to hear the word of God. We gather to hear the word of God. There is something that happens when we all hear the word of God together. That cannot happen when you just read the word by yourself. Now, we have to read the word of God by ourselves. And that is good. But there is something extra when we come together to listen to the word of God as the church gathered. We experience the power of his word. And somehow we feel like we are being recharged, renewed. I have a handphone. You have a handphone. Some handphones last for a few hours only. And the battery runs out. Some last for one day, two days. But after that, it needs to be recharged. And nowadays, the batteries are so powerful, it can be recharged in one hour, two hours. Unheard of in the past, but now it can be done. Likewise, also the car battery. When it is out, it takes many hours, a few hours perhaps, to recharge the battery. It takes more than a few hours to do that. And now we Christians, we just want to have an instant recharge. We must wait before the word of the Lord. We must receive the word of the Lord. And then will we be strong in our heart, in our walk as a Christians. We see it under the word of the Lord. Just like Mary waiting to just receive the word of the Lord from the mouth of Jesus Christ and how she was refreshed and recharged. We need the word of the Lord in our hearts. When the church gathers together, the Holy Spirit works in unique ways that are not obvious, that are not present perhaps even in private gatherings. That's why so many things happen, as Paul says and explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Those are things that happen when the church gathers together around the Word of God. When congregations collectively sit under the preached Word of God, the power of God is released. Miracles begin to happen. That's what happened in Nehemiah chapter 8. All the people heard the word of the Lord, received the word of the Lord, and were blessed by the word of God. 
The third thing that happens in the gathering is we gather to pray. We gather to pray. Now the Bible is filled with exhortations to pray. We know that. But the Bible is also filled with examples of corporate prayer. Prayer as the church gathered together. What's so special about praying? Not only privately, but also corporately. You see, prayer is a wonderful, what we call the gathering factor. God has sovereignly ordained the corporate prayer of a church that His mighty workings will increase exponentially as the church gathers to pray. You find that praying was the priority of the early church. And that's why so many miracles happened and they shook the entire city many times. Praying was also modeled by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus talked about prayer 37 times in the Gospels. And 33 out of these 37 instances, Jesus was talking about corporate prayer. He's talking not just about a person praying by himself, but when he uses the word, when you pray, many times it's in the plural. It may not be so obvious in the English language, but it says when you pray, it is actually in the plural. It is a church gathering together in prayer. So 33 of them were addressed to a plural rather than a singular audience. In other words, Jesus' instruction is very clear. He leaned towards corporate prayer, praying with others, praying for others, and not just privately. And you find this all over in the New Testament, and great miracles begin to happen. And so, brothers and sisters, I encourage you to just join us together in corporate prayer. You can accomplish, you can experience the power of God in ways that you cannot experience privately. That's why our Wednesday prayer encounter is so powerful. Don't miss it. If you have needs in your life, for example, don't just bear it by yourself. Pray the Lord and just begging God to just do something. Sometimes you have to share it with others and say, can you pray along with me? This is my need. This is the body of Christ that is here to pray together with you. And great things happen when we do that. Yes, there is power of the gathered church. And the fourth area in which this power is released and experienced is when we gather to experience people or to connect with people. Never underestimate the power of personal connection. Why did the church gather together? 
in the temple, in smaller groups, in the early church, in the, in, in the days of the Bible. The church valued community. One another. The word one another is used so many times in the Bible. And God is delighted when the church gathers together. It is just like parents. When your children gather together, enjoy one another's company or presence, it delights the hearts of the parents. Likewise, when the church gathers together, it delights the heart of our Heavenly Father. Gathering together should be part of our nature or desire. Let me share with you two birds, two types of birds. The flamingos. Maybe pink in color and with long necks. They are a remarkable bird. But do you know that the flamingos like to be together? Sometimes in flocks of thousands. And they fly together in air currents that make it easier for each single bird to fly. They exist as a community. They thrive as a community. They are driven as a community. Then there are also the crows. Crows fly over large areas to find food. And just before sunset, you find Crows will gather together and roost in trees for the night. By the hundreds or by the thousands. One time I, at night, I was just at section 14. And you know the, the road where all the banks are? And I parked my car just in front of the of, uh, uh, Maybank. And then when I came back, guess what? Yeah, it was full of birds droppings all over my car. I look up and lo and behold, that area is famous for crows at night. Hundreds, perhaps thousands are up there on the trees. They make all kinds of noises. But that's what crows are like. They gather together. They like to gather together. They do this for protection warning each other of danger, and even indicating to each other where to find food. Flamingos, crows, they are social birds. Guess what? God has created us to be social beings as well, to be for community. That's why the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, the believers, they were together. They gathered together. They were of one heart. All who believed were together and had all things in common. We should be together to experience the people of God. It is said that when Lord Nelson was facing an important battle, he had two sea captains. 
and they were always criticizing and contending with each other. He called them to his sheep in privacy, and in the privacy of his cabin, he took both of their hands and placed them together in his hands. And he squeezed them. And then he said, I hear you two have been having trouble. Let there be no more troubles. Remember, the enemy is out there. We need all our energy to fight the enemy. Remember, church, the enemy is out there. The gathering, the church, and all those within, these are not our enemies. We may not agree with everything that everybody does, but the enemy is out there, and we need all our energy to fight him. That's why when we gather as the people of God, we gather to encourage one another. It is said that every parent needs to encourage and say good things or praise their children at least twice a day. Don't just criticize. Don't just tear them down all the time. We need to encourage one another. And that's what happens when we gather together. Whether it be in a service or whether it be in a small group in our connect groups. If you are not in any connect group as, as yet, Oh, I encourage you, join in the connect groups. Hallelujah. And you have just noticed that even during the pandemic, our, pande our, our, our uh, connect group was so active. And you have just seen how during the pandemic, even the three Daman Sarasel were able to multiply because the people were together. They appreciated that one another factor in their midst. They cared for one another and they were able to grow because they keep on encouraging one another, serving one another, and we praise the Lord for that. Lastly, we gather to proclaim the word. We gather and we scatter to proclaim the word. A church is more than just a gathering. It gathers in order that we may be scattered into the world. Wherever we are, in the marketplace, in the factory, in the schools, along the highways and the byways, we preach the word. In that sense, we gather the harvest for the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is God's way of completing the Great Commission. Radical evangelism was not an option in the early church. Everybody does it. Not just a few, but all the believers, all the disciples were grieved with the burden to reach the whole known world with a message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, the church is the gathering. And there is power 
when the church gathers together. You know, it's been a while since we last gathered together. If COVID-19 taught us anything, it should be that together, together is a gift. A gift that we must never take for granted. Never in my wildest imagination in all my 40 over years of ministry have I imagined that there will come a time when the church cannot gather together. Yes, we will be prepared when there is persecution and the church has to go underground. But now this is a different scenario. The church could not gather together. And you know, the impact that he has made upon the church, upon your individual life, upon your job, upon your family. But thankfully, thankfully, our country is, is opening up, cases are going down, and we pray that it will continue to do so. And very soon, we are ready for reopening of the church, whereby we can gather together once again. There's a lot of processes that we are, we are uh, uh, doing right now, going through right now, to make sure that when we reopen for church services again, this place will be very safe. Your health, physical and spiritual, is our topmost concern when we reopen even for church services again. When we're able to do all those things again, to gather together, to worship the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord, to pray together, to connect with one another, and to be sent out to preach the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, when the time comes, when we are ready to reopen for church services again, I pray that you will, your heart will be ready because the gift, of gathering is so precious. We cannot take it for granted anymore. We pray that we will be ready to gather together again. Let us make every effort then to gather. We are intending to reopen as soon as we reasonably are ready and able to do so. The Lord willing, it will be next month, in the month of December. We will keep you posted. We appreciate your continued faithfulness and support of the ministry. We thank God for you and sincerely value, value your prayers. We love you all. And as part of this gathering of the church, we urge you, we urge you to regather physically once again. Not just to regather, but also to serve when we reopen. There are so many areas that you can serve in, whether it be in worship or in the AV 
or the welcome team or in the administration or in the uh, uh, operations of these. And if you are interested to serve, after all these many months, I'm sure that many of you are just wanting to serve God once again, to be activated for service. If that is your desire, please do contact the, uh, your zone pastor or uh, any of the pastors and we will be willing and ready and very eager to talk with you. And so brothers and sisters, we thank God that you are part of this gathering. Great things are going to happen even as we prepare our hearts and we recognize our identity and expect and anticipate even God to move mightily once again. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to pray for those of you perhaps you do not know Jesus Christ as yet but he has a great plan for you it is not religion that he gives to us but it is the great work of gathering a people for himself a people who have been forgiven, who knows what forgiveness of sin is, who have been delivered, who have been set free from the power of sin and who now live their life for the Lord. That's what we celebrated even in the celebration of the Lord's Supper this morning. So if it is your heart, if it is your desire to experience a new life in Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins, and to be part of these great people that God is just forming for Himself. Please pray this prayer after me, and Jesus will come into your life and give you a new life altogether. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your love for me, that even while I am a sinner, you have given your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. I confess I am a sinner. I confess all my sins. And I thank you that you died on the cross to forgive me and to give me a new life. I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I surrender my life to you Thank you that according to your word, I am now a child of God. I belong to you. I belong to your gathering. I am yours. Reveal your plan for my life and I'll follow after you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, we'd like to be in touch with you to continue to encourage you. Please join uh, just uh, join us in the uh, uh, Zoom prayer room even right now and just click on that link and uh, there will be people and pastors who would like to pray with you. But for the rest of you, of us here, you are the gathering of God. You are precious in God's sight. 
And even though we are not able to gather physically per se, but at least we are able to do so virtually thus far. And I believe that even as you have heard the word of the Lord, God is going to touch you right where you are. As you worship Him, as you receive the word, as you pray, as you connect with the people of God, as you preach the word of God, God's presence, God's power, God's provision will come up upon you. If that is you, just reach out to the Lord, to the Lord and I'd like to pray for you. Whatever your needs may be, you are the gathering of God. You are the apple of God's eye And now He's touching you Right where you are Let's pray together Reach out to the Lord Hallelujah Lord I just pray For the gathering The people of God The ecclesia of God Right now Wherever they are Dear Lord I pray That you would just Touch them Oh God, with your presence and power As we receive the word of the Lord by faith We recognize that we belong to you We are yours, dear Lord Father, equip us, empower us, dear Lord Touch every single person Heal every diseases, dear Lord Make a way for those who are seeking for a way, dear Lord In their life that they will be triumphant That they will have the victory in every areas of their life Thank you, dear Lord. Lord, we recognize you as the Lord of our life. You are the center of everything, dear God. And so we give you the glory and the praise. Continue to build your church, dear Lord, in glad tidings that we, dear Lord, will be able to gather even more for your glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need additional prayer, there will be pastors and ministers who would like to pray with you. Just join us in our Zoom prayer room. So the Lord bless you. Shalom. And let's just worship the Lord together and make Jesus the center of it all as we gather unto Him. God bless you and shalom.